Ten parliamentarians from Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia will visit Taiwan next month. The plan was announced on Wednesday by Taiwan's foreign ministry. The delegation will include the leaders of each country's parliamentary Taiwan friendship group. During their time in Taiwan, parliamentarians from these three countries will attend the Open Parliament Forum. They will also have a reception with President Tsai, and they will call on Speaker Yeo Shikun and Premier Su Jin Chang at the Legislative Yuan. They will attend a banquet hosted by Foreign Minister Joseph Wu, and they will visit government agencies such as the National Development Council, the Ministry of Economic Affairs, and the Ministry of Science and Technology. The itinerary will also include a tour of our country's news infrastructure. During their stay, from arrival to departure, all activities will be held in compliance with pandemic regulations laid out by the Central Epidemic Command Center. We look forward to them visiting Taiwan in person to take part in this forum. While they're here participating, they'll be able to see Taiwan's democratic achievements for themselves. I think there won't just be a delegation from Lithuania, but one from each of the three Baltic states. The delegates will attend the 2021 Open Parliament uh, Forum, an event held by the Legislative Yuan, Foreign Ministry, the U.S. National Democratic Institute, and the Taiwan Asia Exchange Foundation. This year, the theme for the Open uh, Forum is Open Parliament in a post-COVID context, global examples of resilience and planning for 2022 and beyond. The two-day event will start on December 2nd. Well, this weekend could mark a turning point for Taiwan's diplomatic relationship with Honduras. The South American country will hold its presidential election on Sunday. The frontrunner of the race wants to break ties with Taiwan to recognize Beijing. And ahead of the high-stakes election, U.S. officials have reportedly gone to Honduras to make the case for Taiwan. In Central America, uncertainties hang over ties with Honduras, which will decide its next president on Sunday. In a poll conducted in October, support for the opposition Xiomara Castro stood at 38%. Castro says that if elected, she will sever ties with Taiwan to recognize Beijing. In the October poll, the ruling party candidate Nazrias Fura came in at just 21%, trailing Castro by 17 percentage points. As Taiwan-Honduran ties hang in the balance, the U.S. has made its stance clear. U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for the Western Hemisphere Brian Nichols recently led a delegation to the Central American country. In a post on Twitter, he said he had discussed the upcoming election with Honduras's foreign and defense ministers. In a Reuters report published on Wednesday, a senior State Department official said that the U.S. emphasized to both presidential candidates the importance of the Honduras-Taiwan relationship. The official said that the U.S. would like to see that continue. The president of Honduras, Juan Orlando Hernandez, visited Taiwan not long ago to reaffirm the stability of the alliance between Taiwan and Honduras. Now, with the elections, we have held thorough talks with the candidates from the ruling party and from the opposition party. The U.S. deeply values our relationship with our Central American allies. Amid the complexity of the current situation in this region, Honduras is here as a true friend for Taiwan. I believe that good friends and good allies show their true colors at difficult times. We will always advocate for this deep relationship, be it during or after my presidency. The Honduran president visited Taiwan earlier this month to celebrate 80 years of official ties between his country and Taiwan. 
During the visit, he stated that difficult times showed who one's true friends are, and he called for continued relations and cooperation. Even so, it looks like Taiwan's friendship with its Central American ally could be in jeopardy. Well, there's less than a month to go before the December 18th referendums. One question on the ballot is whether an LNG terminal project in Taoyuan should be moved away from an algal reef. When visiting the reef on Thursday, President Tsai Ing-wen ra rallied the public to vote no. She said that the terminal was key to reducing air pollution in central and southern Taiwan. She said adjustments had already been made to the construction plan to preserve the ecosystem of the reef. President Tsai Ing-wen is here at the controversial site of the Datan Terminal Project. She's joined by the Vice Economics Minister and the Mayor of Taoyuan as she inspects the state of a nearby algal reef. It's her first visit to the site since 2013. All the way from Xingwu to the Datan power plant, for me, this is like revisiting my old haunts. On the internet, many people have seen pictures of me taken during my visit to Xingwu eight years ago. I had written a note that read, May the algal reefs remain forever. At the time, I had written it to urge protections for the Guanxing algal reefs. Secondly, I want to explain right here that the third LNG terminal is not being built on an algal reef. I want to make it clear to everyone that this terminal project is already one-third of the way complete, and everyone was able to see just now that the Datan algal reef is still there in its original place. Ahead of the December 18th referendum, the president needs to tell the moderate voter, as well as environmental groups, how she will strike a balance between environmental protection and national development to deliver a win-win. At the end of this construction site is the Datan Algal Reef. The terminal will be relocated by 455 meters to eliminate the need for dredging that could destroy the reef. Compared to the project's blueprint under the Ma administration, the current area of development is 90% smaller, spanning just 23 hectares. Tsai said the project would contribute to Taiwan's power supply and that the reef would still be preserved. Electricity generated by Datan will play an important role in stabilizing the power supply of the north. This third LNG terminal, and the Datan project in particular, is crucial to reducing air pollution in central and southern Taiwan. Protecting the reef and reducing air pollution are not mutually exclusive. Tsai spoke at length about the project, whose fate will go up for a vote on December 18th. She also vowed to create a fund of 1 billion NT that's devoted to reef conservation. A false killer whale was released back into the wild on Thursday, eight days after it washed up on a beach in Elan. The animal, which is actually a species of dolphin, was found weakened and malnourished, although it had no injuries. After eight days of round-the-clock care, it had regained enough strength to be returned to the open sea. Volunteers call out to their charge, who they've named Bright One. After days of looking after the false killer whale, it's hard to say goodbye. Even so, it's a joyous moment when it's time for the release. The false killer whale was brought out to sea early Thursday morning. Out of an abundance of caution, the Coast Guard was sent to assist. Marine patrol officers pushed the stretcher to the side of the ship and lowered it slightly to return the creature to the ocean. As if thanking its caretakers, the false killer whale didn't leave immediately. Instead, it swam in between the two ships that were there to see it off. 
After taking a turn, it moved out into the depths of the sea. The false killer whale measures 3.2 meters long and weighs 350 kilograms. It ran aground last Wednesday along Suout Township. It was sent to a rehabilitation center in Jilong City in a rare live rescue of a stranded marine mammal. More than 400 volunteers took turns monitoring its condition, providing round-the-clock care for eight days until it grew strong enough to be released. Preparations for the release began at 5 in the morning. Around 7.10, the animal came out of the pool. The transport process took about 20 minutes from start to finish. Now it's on a boat ready to return to sea. The release was no small undertaking, and the volunteers didn't get much sleep. But to them, it's all worth it to be able to get their friend home safe and sound. So Taipei was ranked the second best city to travel to in 2022 in a list released by The Lonely Planet. From good eats to overall cleanliness, Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang finds out what foreign residents of Taiwan like about Taipei. Taipei has been ranked second in the Lonely Planet's Best in Travel 2022 survey. What makes Taipei so appealing? Foreign residents say Taipei is well organized and safe. They also say the diversity of cuisine and the kind locals are other factors that make Taipei a great place to visit. I come from Berlin, from Germany, and the thing that I like here about the city is how the people are organized here. Well behaved and very well structured and people just really follow the guidelines and you feel really safe here in the city. And it's really great. I mean, like they are even queuing to, uh, to get to the uh, subway train, which is amazing. You wouldn't see this in Berlin. We are, fr we are French. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, I really like Taipei. Uh, as he said, the, organiza the organization of Taipei is amazing. It's really different from where we are from. I also like the fact that even though there is not a lot of tra a trash can of being in the road, the roads are still really clean. That's something we cannot see in France. I really like the, the culture and the feeling of the street. And like, I think the night markets are amazing. We can find a lot of like, traditional food and things that are very different from French food. So I really like the night market and like the drinks too, like bubble tea drinks. I think it's very nice. Yeah. And we can find a lot of like little shop, maybe not big brand, but little shop in little street and they are very nice. So I really like that. It's very beautiful and people are very nice. Like I get lost every day <laughs> and like every day people help me and sometimes they go with me to the place to be sure that I find the place. Amid the COVID-19 pandemic, Taiwan has kept infections low. With the success of containment policies and now higher rates of vaccination, Taiwan has recently eased some COVID restrictions. Foreigners in Taiwan praise the country's pandemic response. Just because everyone is so well behaved here, um, you basically have absolutely no corona here. So basically everything is open. And the only thing you really need to do in this corona time is to wear the mask when you are for, I don't know, like 20 minutes on the street and scan the code. But apart from that, you just feel like totally free. You can go to bars, restaurants and stuff like this. So I have absolutely no problem to be here during this corona. It doesn't have, apart from this, now when I go to the subway, it has absolutely no impact on me. We are like more free than in France because in France we have a lot of restrictions. Even now it's getting better. But here I feel like just the mask and we have to scan the QR code, but that's the only 
inconvenience that is not really an inconvenience. Lonely Planet's Best in Travel 2022 ranks the world's cities and regions by compiling the opinions of travel writers, bloggers, and publishing partners from all over the world. The expert panel judges the city's overall sustainability, inclusiveness, and commitment to their communities, as well as the readiness of the destinations to welcome tourists in 2022. 台灣在這個旅遊,全世界的旅遊的潛力一直是很前面的。The potential of Taiwan's international tourism industry has always been very high, though many people may not have believed that. I have traveled the world, and I talked with many of the foreign friends I've met, and they think this list is quite accurate. The list includes countries that have a strong human touch. Taiwan is really suitable for traveling to. For example, Taiwan's public safety is better than that throughout the Americas or in most European countries. It also has that human touch, and the food is delicious. Taiwan's consumer prices are better than other countries with good public safety. Also, because Taiwan is small, it has a certain advantage. Take Taipei as an example. You can go up to the mountain to soak in the hot springs in less than an hour's drive, and you can go down to the ocean as well. The top 10 cities to travel to in 2022 in this year's report are Auckland, Taipei, Freiburg, Atlanta, Lagos, Nicosia, Dublin, Merida, Florence, and Gyeongju. As borders start to reopen, travelers are looking forward to booking their next travel destination. What's on your list? For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Zhong Suhui in Taipei. Taiwan is on alert for a new COVID variant with an extremely large number of mutations. The variant could eventually be named new after the Greek letter. It was first detected in Botswana and has since been found in South Africa and Hong Kong. It has 32 mutations on its spike protein, which means it could be even more transmissible than Delta. This is still a very rare variant. To this day, we have yet to find this variant in our lab reports, and that includes the reports that will be announced tomorrow. This variant might be named new. We will, of course, continue to monitor its development. In related news, Taiwan's 15th vaccination round began on Thursday. More than 1.79 million people have appointments to get vaccinated over the next seven days. As of Wednesday, one-dose coverage stands at 77.34%. Two-dose coverage is just over 50%. The Ministry of Finance has announced a tax cut that will come into effect in May 2023. It's raising the individual income tax exemption, standard deductions, and special deductions for wage earners and persons with disability. An estimated 6.5 million households are expected to benefit. And after the change, a salaried worker who files a single return can save up to 6,000 NT dollars. A double income household of four can save up to 15,200 NT dollars. Taiwan consumers are watching their wallets as inflation grows the grocery bill, making it harder and harder to get by. On Wednesday, the finance ministry offered some reprieve, announcing adjustments to tax exemption and deduction thresholds. The tax cut is worth 9.57 billion NT. It's set to benefit 6.5 million households, which will save an average of 1,472 NT each. For people like me, people who aren't high-salary individuals, this doesn't make much of a difference. Government data shows that inflation has reached more than 11 percent. Citing rising consumer prices, the finance ministry announced a 4,000 NT increase to the personal tax exemption, which will go up to 92,000 NT. The standard deduction for single filers will also go up by 4,000 NT. 
The special deduction for salary earners and people with disabilities will be raised by 7,000 NT. Take the case of salaried employees who file a single return. Currently, they do not need to pay personal income tax if they make less than 408,000 NT a year. Next year, that threshold will go up to 423,000 NT a year. Their tax exemption and deductions will go up by 15,000 NT, allowing savings of 750 to 6,000 NT. As for a double-income family of four, it can expect to save at least 1,900 NT in at most 15,200 NT. At a time when consumer prices are on the rise, this adjustment by the government is a small ray of sunshine. This range of the adjustment is also considerable. There may be as many as 650,000 taxpayers who benefit. These tax adjustments will come into effect in the 2023 tax season. As global demand for sil uh, silicon grows, chip fabs are opening up across the world. And leading the industry is Taiwan's TSMC, which recently launched a new training complex for the factory engineers of tomorrow. FTV got a special peek inside the complex in Taichung Central Taiwan Science Park. Students search for objects while wearing VR glasses. Silicon giant TSMC offered us a special glimpse of six training centers inside its Fab 15B plant. This is the first semiconductor factory development institute. New factory engineers go through a month of training, cutting their overall onboarding period from six to four months. You can save some costs and you won't ruin the equipment. It's quite realistic. You can get a feel for it, which means we won't be as unfamiliar with things when we adapt to the future environment. The students are excited to be here. Getting into the fab requires everyone to give up their phones to ensure confidentiality. More than 500 semiconductor factory experts have already been trained at the institute, including 15 from the company's U.S. 5-nanometer fab, as well as engineers from Shinju and Southern Taiwan Science Parks and future talent for Central Taiwan Science Park. TSMC has plans to spend 800 billion NT on a new 2-nanometer fab in Taichung with 10,000 employees. Every factory engineer holds enormous responsibility. We've been continuously building fabs over the last few years and have hired large numbers of engineers. I think for the Factory Development Institute, working out how to onboard engineers and get them into production fast is a very important task. Faced with a chemical supply system, engineers need to expertly navigate electronics, mechanics, water processing and safety processes and avoid any slips. This training center is a vital hub for the expansion of Taiwan silicon manufacturing worldwide. So when was the last time you ate a traditional Taiwanese meal? A new award recognizes the top 500 Taiwanese dishes. Food critics came together to pick 500 plates, the best dishes to represent Taiwan's authentic and unique cuisine. The winners range from small family kitchens to the fanciest joints in town. Golden deep-fried pork ribs, orange snow crab porridge, and silken tofu with preserved eggs sliced into a work of art. These are some of the highlights of the 500 plates. Unlike global names such as the Michelin Guide or Bib Gourmand, these local food critics have come together to choose the 500 most Taiwanese dishes. We weren't voting on the restaurants, but on the dishes. So personally, I think that means it produces a broader and more diverse perspective. 
Today, from our understanding of local ingredients, we're more and more familiar with Taiwanese flavors, and we understand Taiwanese flavors can be very contemporary. It doesn't have to be nostalgic or retro. Fifty professional food critics were invited to choose ten of the most unforgettable dishes of the last year from 293 restaurants across Taiwan. The restaurant with the most nominated dishes, a solid 11, was Taipei's Xishangfeng Noodles. The Pingdong Indigenous Restaurant Akami gleaned nine nominations. The youngest award-winning chef was Yang Boiwei, whose creative mahi mahi preparation wowed the critics. In Hualien and Taidong, we have rich fishing resources. Mahi mahi eat flying fish, so they're also called flying fish stew. So we put the mahi mahi and flying fish together in one dish, a little bit like showing the ecological chain of the food. The winning plates range from private chefs' delicacies to small family eateries. These 500 dishes present the heart of Taiwan's culinary heritage for the diners of 2021. Over in the U.S., an- another Taiwanese baseball star could be on the rise. 21-year-old pitcher Zhuang Chenzongao has signed a minor league contract with the Oakland Athletics. According to local sources, the deal includes a signing bonus of 500,000 U.S. dollars, or about 13.9 million NT dollars. Zhuang Chen is now the fourth Taiwanese player to join the Oakland A's. His fastballs have been clocked at an impressive 154 kilometers an hour. This September, he represented Taiwan at the U23 Baseball World Cup, shutting out Germany in the opening game. During his two outings at the U23, he struck out 14 over 9.1 innings.